going to whisper some things to you now about crunch chocolate bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with crunch. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello, I'm Alan Davis. You're listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast, and I've got Keith Dover with me this afternoon. How are you, Keith? I'm in a good form, Alan. I'm very good. I've had a good week, so oh, to speak. Excellent. Well, I'd say good. It started off a bit badly Tuesday, and then uh, it got better in the afternoon. But uh, it's good. But, you know, there is a whiff of revolution in the air, Alan, isn't there? And yes. wasn't it Abraham Lincoln who said, government of the people, by the people, for the people? And Edmund Burke said, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And there was a young man on the bare roundabout who said, Cronky, why don't you fuck off? Yes. You know, wise words. Yes, wise words. Very wise words. Yes, it's for a good man to do nothing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I did nothing. <laughs> you did nothing. I did absolutely um, nothing, Friday. And Damien Harris is here. Hey. Hey. Hello. Hello. The midfield general. You're still Hello. in your old house there, Dave. Yeah. Still in the old gaff. St- well, there's still a lot of records to uh, eBay. eBay. And get rid of so it's, it's eBay the lot. It's going. It's it is happening. It is slow honest. process, mate. Because to be honest, it doesn't look any different from the last time I saw you. There hasn't even been one record moved by the, the look no, of things. No, no, there are there are gaps. There's yeah. gaps appearing. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> have you sold off your Chaz and Dave collection? <laughs> First thing I did. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of money in Chaz and Dave. <laughs> Spurs are on the way to win. I've got, um, oh, I were playing that this week. Gonna do it again. <laughs> we li- we're recording this list at 20 past two on Sunday, a couple of hours before the uh, League Cup final, uh, featuring uh, the, our beloved arch enemies, Tottenham Hotspur, and the Emirati human rights deniers. <laughs> <or so. laughs> They've been called <laughs> uh, on this parish. Uh, so we don't know the outcome of that, and, and nor could we give a shit, to be honest with you. Obviously, we'd uh, prefer it if uh, the, uh, the Arabs could buy another cup for their solid gold trophy cabinet. <laughs> uh, and under normal circumstances, we would back anyone against a bankroll billionaire's plaything. But uh, not this time. Well, does it... Because there's a little bit now, and obviously I would much rather... It's fine with Man City. You can say, well, they just bought it. But um, Mm -hmm. it would really piss off Mourinho (laughs) if they went and won it and he didn't get the credit. 
which is always a which is always always a bonus. But obviously, I would rather they didn't. If Mourinho uh, uh, became available to be Arsenal manager in the near future, would you take him? No, no, no. I think he is a busted flush now. I mean, you know, they're saying that his Premier League days are over, but there would be someone. On the up, who might who might take him? You know, it's very it's very expensive, though, isn't he? Well, it, it it all depends whether he would like that challenge. If someone like Newcastle said, "Right, we haven't got any money, but do you want to try?" and that you know, maybe he would want to try that and and nah. prove nah. that he can do nah. it. And I think he would know. go to a club that says, "Listen, we've got a transfer budget, but we haven't got your wages as such." I mean, Christ, he, he's minted, and he's he's going to walk away with twenty million. I yeah. think that's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much he's going to walk away with, but I think it was somewhat dependent on the Tottenham's league position, as I. Have I've heard so that if they are uh, higher up the table, his compensation goes up, and if they're further down, uh, one of the reasons why they might have pulled the trigger when they're languishing, although it's not languishing in Tottenham's terms, is it? Seventh is pretty good for them. <laughs> um, we are very much uh, languishing anyway. Uh, so uh, we're not, we won't be talking about the League Cup final, FYI. Uh, we're recording before it. We will be talking about a thriller at the Emirates on. Friday, uh, outside the ground, and then uh, the total non-event <laughs> inside. In, uh, inside the ground. <laughs> you know what? If I could have, if I could have reversed that, uh, I sort of gave you a thumbs up. You're right for two o'clock on Sunday, D, and I was like, yeah. If I could have reversed that WhatsApp, uh, you, you wish you wish you weren't partaking in the, the mo- Tuesday Club podcast. Oh. The moment, the moment that ball trickled through Bert Leno's legs, I was wishing I could be oh, anywhere God. else right oh, now. Bert Leno, I was looking up see if I could have a colonoscopy at two o'clock, so I had a good excuse. It was the Fulham game. I'd rather do that. that. Was it? It was just the Fulham game rewind. It was more or less exactly like for like. It was just. Absolutely hopeless. About- it was, but let's talk about the demo first. Yes, since that yes. came that, first, and it was that's a good positive thing. There were there were a lot of uh, goings on in the week, uh, and there was an invitation uh, for for yours truly to appear on Peston on ITV. Wow! Uh, to talk <laughs> that's how much uh, football had uh, jumped onto the uh, front pages of the of the news uh in the end the european super league collapsed in the afternoon and they decided to devote their program to the uh the outcome of the george floyd murder trial which i suppose is more important mm. than football. but uh we record qi in the next door studio to peston ah, right and okay. occasionally uh past peston in the corridor and uh, we have a little Arsenal chat. He's an Arsenal fan, isn't he? Yeah. He's an Arsenal fan, lives in North London. Um, so that it was uh, suddenly on the front pages, a lot of lot of talk, and then everyone bottled it and ran for the hills and pretended it wasn't their idea and they didn't mean... Honestly, like a load of kids caught shoplifting. No, no, it was him. Yeah, yeah. T- it was Terry's idea. Oh, we, we didn't want to nick anything, but we thought if we didn't nick anything, we'd look stupid because we were the only ones not nicking anything and everyone else was nicking things and I just went along for the fun of it. I don't even want to be there. I don't like that shot. <laughs> it 
was a shameful, squirming, wriggling, horrible. Honestly, they should just all resign en masse. Vinod, I don't care who's there. Honestly, just get out of the club. What an absolute, total shit show embarrassment you are. You're worse than the, what's going on on the pitch. And how can that be possible? How can it be worse than what's happening on the pitch? What's happening on the pitch is the worst football Arsenal have ever played in my life. They're stinking the ground out. It's already empty and people are trying to get out. <laughs> it really was the most embarrassing thing this club has ever done. There must be... I mean, what also what got me, there was a little bit with, with the media. For years, you know, Arsenal fans, you know, all fans of every club have been phoning in and complaining about their owners of the club and they've been brushed off. And now, when it's suddenly the popular opinion is swaying our way, everyone's listening to us. We've been saying for years that Cronkies are horrible, they're bent. Most of their clubs out in America only go to eighth place eighth in the position in their leagues it's just that they're not interested in winning but now people are suddenly listening and what was good about that demo there were so many young people there and somebody had said to us what's the point of demonstrating well it tarnishes their brand they like their brand to be squeaky clean and it isn't stand it what's the point what's the point it won't change anything that is not how life works exactly there's plenty of point to doing anything it doesn't matter if you're the only one yeah well it takes one person to start i hate all that it won't change anything they're not going to sell so that's that they'll sell they'll Mm. sell they might not sell this year they might not sell next year but there's no money in this for them and eventually they'll get out of our club eventually they will and maybe now they realise there aren't billions of pounds or billions of euros in it for them because this scheme, which apparently they've been cooking up for the last three or four years, has fallen flat on its face at the first hurdle due to the profound, stupid arrogance of the whole thing. I mean, it's the worst idea you've ever heard in your life for a football competition. A league where 15 teams cannot be relegated are always going to be in it, even if they finish in the bottom 15. So that's what if the five who are in it for the occasional year, what if they're the top five? You've still got to kick them out and replace them with them. It's the most ludicrous non-starter of an idea I've ever heard in my life. And so now people, I was actually impressed. Sorry, Keith. I was actually impressed by how angry people were. Mm. And I, well, you and I were communicating the day, you're going to go down there, so I think I'm going to knack it, I'm going to sack it off. Yeah, I, used, oh, yeah I, don't, I don't really feel like going. Anyway, I'm in my house and I can see the Emirates from where we live up on the hill at Parliament Hill Fields. I'm out there, I can see the Emirates and I can see the helicopter over the Emirates. And I think, oh, God, this is stirring something. Uh, some uh, old, <laughs> long-dead lefty demonstrator <laughs> is feeling, feeling some stirring in my loins. I've got to get down there. I've got to get down there. Thousands of people are down there. And, and I feel the same as they do. I'm furious about these tossers who've taken over, who've stolen our club from us. I'm furious about it, just as the United fans are and the Liverpool fans are. Even though Liverpool fans have had great success in recent seasons, they're still not comfortable with this automaton, this greedy billionaire swine who wants to somehow destroy their reputation. So so I go down there, and by the time I get there, it's about 7 o'clock, and the police have got the place surrounded and no-one can get in. So you could get as far as the bridge... Just by the armory, oh. so they're under the arches there. There was a police cordon. There's a lot of people want to go through. They're not letting anyone through. There's a lot of heated arguments between fans and, and police officers. It's got a couple of vans there. No, no, you can't come in. You can't come in. But you could see beyond it. Hmm. There's nothing I like more now than a red smoke bomb being held aloft. I mean, what well, a spectacular photography. And Jay, a uh, whiz kid producer, was down there early and got some great pictures. Amy Lawrence posted some great pictures online of a real sense of anger and, and frustration 
and this can't go on, and I, which we absolutely fully support. And then the, the, uh, ASA, the Independent Supporters Association, polled their membership, uh, and they found that 98% of their membership... This is this is nearly as many votes as Putin gets. Ninety eight percent of their membership were against the ESL. It was a resounding thumbs down. And a few days before, I was in Islington doing something else, and I went in a club shop to get something for the kids, potted around. And uh, I've been going in the club shop all my life. You know, I used to come in from Loughton on the tube just to go to the club shop, just to go and buy a comb from Jack Kelsey <laughs> in an embossed leather case. And then get back on the underground and go all the way back out to Loughton again. Just that was in the school holidays. That was something to do was to go there and just look at the stuff. And I'll have an Arsenal notepad. (laughs) (laughs) All I can afford. It's the first time in my life I've been in a club shop, which now, as you know, is a wash with all kinds of leisure wear and multiple versions of the kits and Cliff Bastin's autobiography and all kinds of other goodies that you can buy. And I didn't want any of it. I mean, I just did, I, first time in my life, I've walked rough. I don't want to give these people anything. Even though in my pocket, I had a voucher, a refund voucher for 17 quid. I didn't even want to spend that, even though I've already spent it. <laughs> and they've already got the money. That'll show him. Yeah. Man, that'll <laughs> learn them. <laughs> I felt so disappointed and enraged and upset because it's going, the greed. And the ambition in the wrong direction is going hand in hand with chronic ineptitude on mm. the pitch and then the management of the side. And it sort of was summed up for me, and I know I bang on about it, perhaps I go on about it too much, but by Joe Willock scoring again for Liverpool, for, against Liverpool for Newcastle. Another crucial goal for them. He's had two winning goals and two equalising goals. His four goals. Goals that matter. Goals at big moments in the game. Yeah. Mm. He's getting in and he's getting points for them, winning goals and equalising goals. Got an equaliser against Tottenham, an equaliser against Liverpool. These are huge moments said, to keep that club in the division. Yeah. And he's really playing a big part. And Steve Bruce loves him because he sees what he's got there. He's mm. got someone who's fast and fit and strong and can get in the box and score. And I thought, I'll have a look at our midfielders and see how they're getting on on the goals front. <laughs> and it is absolutely pitiful. I mean, yeah. in the history of Arsenal... When we've had midfield players like Freddie Jungberg or, or Rocky Rocas or Michael Thomas, or you go further back to Brady or Graham Ricks, they'd weigh in with goals. Brian Talbot used to get goals, turn up in the box and get on the end of things. They'd get goals. We have got one goal from open play in the Premier League from a midfielder this season, and that was Erdegaard against Tottenham. One goal from the midfield. I'm not counting yeah. Bakaya Saka. He's got about five. I'm talking about Premier League, right? Yeah. I'm not counting his goal. He's been playing higher up the pitch. If he was playing in centre mid, he probably would score. Smith Rowe, even Smith Rowe playing at 10, no goals in the Premier League. Uh, uh, Danny Ceballos, he looks like he's got a shot on him. He looks like he's got good feet. No goals. Shaq has got one free kick against Chelsea. Just one free kick all season from him. So we've got two goals from midfield in the Premier League. And, that, and we send Willock out on loan. He's knocking in goals for Newcastle. And I, I put a tweet up yesterday comparing his goals to our players' goals. And someone said to me, but we all know he's not good enough. How have we arrived at this conclusion that Willock's not good enough for Arsenal? He's good enough for Newcastle, but he's not good enough for Arsenal. He's better than what we've got. That's what I can't understand. And if he'd had a season planned in the first team and said, I'm going to back you and give you 20 games, 
then he'd be a better player than he was before. Why? And you look at who he's got, the teams he scored against are the yeah. teams who are above us. So, you know, yeah, big teams, big goals and big games. You know, West Ham are up there. And he got in, got in the score with the header there, didn't he? I mean, oh, it, it is ridiculous. But I mean, getting back to the demo and stuff. I mean, this this uh, Super League. Now, I'm assuming this would be a midweek thing, and we still play in the Premier League. So that means you could end up playing. Uh, well, that's what they wanted to do, Keith. Right. That's what the big six wanted. Yeah, they wanted to go off and make billions of pounds playing in their Super League, and then they thought they could come back on a Saturday and, and play in the Premier League. So you'd be playing Manchester United, Liverpool. <laughs> but they'd be kicked out, mate. They'd be kicked yeah, out of the Premier League. We would. They'd be yeah. kicked out of it. Yeah. Oh, we're we're still going to be in your league. No, you ain't. Yeah. Do one. We're going to invite Celtic and Rangers in in your place. Well, that's a, yes, that's what they would have done. Wouldn't we're going mean... to merge the English league, the Scottish league, and the Dutch league, and we're going to have the best league in the world. But let's say let's go for argument. Say, right, if they're in their minds, then they thought the Premier League would we'd still would still be in it. So we yeah. played Tottenham four times, Manchester United four. Honestly, didn't they realise that the fans would have got bored with that? They were going, well, come, why do we want to no. go? <laughs> the fans that were bored with it, mate, are the legacy fans, yeah. right? The legacy fans. The old twats who will all be dead soon. That means us. Yeah. <laughs> now, not the global fans who are a new type of people who, who, who don't understand football and need it to be more exciting, like the PlayStation. Mm. When you go on the PlayStation, you say, I'll be Arsenal, who do you want to be? No one says Stoke, do they? They all <laughs> say they'll be Barcelona. They think it's like that. They think people want a PS5 instead of a season ticket. It, it was, I mean, there must be some backstory. Out. Who came up with the idea? I mean, they just didn't, honestly. Could it have been a text message? Oh, do you want to be in a Super League? Yeah, well, I'll have some of that, mate. There must have been some legal framework set up, surely. Could, could it be that basic and stupid? Yeah, all of that. And then they're told they might, they're going to try and sue the ones who pull out. Well, let them sue each other. Who cares? Mm. Yeah. Go on, dude. Perez is, is, I mean, their debt is ridiculous. I think, I would imagine that the uh, lockdown and COVID has accelerated this. Yes, you would, it has, uh, you, I'm certain. You would... I mean, in terms of PR disasters, <laughs> this has to be possible. I mean, worse than Coke, you know, the Coke thing, all of that. I mean, it's Mate, just this is terrible. Up there with, this is up there with Prince Andrew and Emily Maitlis. That's how embarrassing <laughs> yeah, this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is like but how, doing a these massive clubs. Like, yeah. <laughs> Barcelona and Real Madrid are so wealthy, so well-supported. So much money from TV revenue, so much money from Champions League revenue. How are these clubs in debt? They're not managing themselves properly. Is so it true that Barcelona is a, a billion? They're a billion yeah. pounds. That- That's what I've heard, yeah. I mean, listen, if they've got a, if they're saying it's the players' wages and the agents, well, then get together and thrash out a thing where money isn't being pouring out the clubs and where everyone is on an equal level. Yeah, wage cap. Yeah, yeah wage, wage cap. cap. Wage That's cap. the answer. Wage cap is the answer. Well, it's interesting. I always thought... A Champions League club, wage cap. Premier League club, wage, wage cap. cap. Pro- probably, perhaps it'll be the same. I always found it quite odd the way that the NFL has the uh, draft system. So whoever's lowest in the league gets first choice. Mm. And you always think that's quite odd. That's quite a sort of, a, almost like a socialist sort of, uh, you know, idea to keep, you know, keep competition going in that in the NFL. And then, of course, you realise it's just a self-contained little bubble 
And that's just to try and keep it interesting. It's not mm. some sort of great, you know, uh, great, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Egalitarian kind of. Uh, yes, yeah. e- egalitarian sort of concept. It's, well, we've got to give them something for, you know, the Cleveland Browns or well, whoever's it's a done sort it. of a, a syst- it's a kind of system of checks and balances, aren't there? So you have to trade players. It's not so much of a transfer market as there is in football and they don't. Yeah. And they do, as you say, they have the draft system to give clubs who aren't doing so well first pick and salary caps and, you know, there are ways they try to manage it, but what they absolutely won't allow is someone to set up uh, an American football team and try and get in. Every, every few years mm. they might have an expansion year and then they will admit and change things around. They've done that a few times in recent years with with baseball. What's his face? Is it Kraft who owns the Patriots? And someone asked him, would you ever buy an English football team? And he goes, well, no, because there's relegation. They get relegated. We get relegated. Yeah. Yesterday I had five live on. What an afternoon it is. So the goals are going in. Derby County have let in a goal. They're in trouble now. Sheffield Wednesday could be going down today. South End, if they go down, if they lose today to Orient, they, they could go out of the league for the first time in 100. They've been in the league for 100 years. Oh, there's been a goal at Pride Park. And yeah. it's all afternoon. Mm. And I know there are tens of thousands of people in towns all over England chewing their fingernails all the way from Barrow to South End thinking, what's going to happen this afternoon? What's going to happen to my club, you know? And that's football. That's the the pyramid. That's the league system. That's what we grew up with. We used to get the the tables from Shoot Magazine with the little bits of card, (laughs) and you move the little bits of card up and down. And I used to imagine when I was a boy that they all actually, they all sat at tables in a massive room. (laughs) Because they always gone on about the tables. The tables are everything. Where you are in the league is everything. Getting up and down the league, getting promoted. Look at Bournemouth, for God's sake. Bournemouth when Eddie Howe took over we're nearly going out the wrong end of Division 4 mm. and he got them all the way to the Premier League extraordinary achievement Brighton. the ridiculous situation yeah, Brighton as well yeah. Yes. yeah I mean the ridiculous situation you could have then in their world so uh, Arsenal are say uh, in the, their second in the Super League but our B team which is now playing in the Premier League are in the bottom four or could go down into the Championship how does that work you know because they're not going to play their best players on a Saturday, are they, against Sheffield United? No, they're going to save them for Thursday or Wednesday how night could against they Barcelona. Be, how it's, could they be so out of touch? I know. Just to think that's what we want. Because they <laughs> they have any of them been to a game? I mean, this is the thing. It's not, you know, they are not fans. No, they're not. And, and I was interested, you know, Gary Neville got a lot of uh, coverage for, he, he gave a monologue, a really impassioned and angry kind of fans monologue on yeah. Sky, but the thing is, for someone like Harry Neville, I mean, he is a United fan as well as uh, one of their uh, best ever defenders. But the thing about him is, he's been in every changing room. He's been in all those grounds up and down the country. He's played a, a lot of teams in the Premier League and also lots of cup ties in the League Cup and the FA Cup. He's been up and down the country. His brothers played for different clubs, so they're part of. These clubs are part of it, and when we think yeah. we've got, uh, you know, stories that we tell about going to Watford or going to Coventry or going to going to Anfield or getting up on the train and going to Derby or forgetting where you park the car, you know, being going away, going to going to Carrow Road and Portman Road or going down to the Dell in the old days. Mm. 
And I've been to Grands all the way down. I've been all the way down to Plymouth and all the way up to Darlington. I've been to Grands all, all places in between. These are the names, the towns, the part of the... This is the culture that we love. This is yeah. all we want. European football is a bonus if you qualify. Good. It, it, it was always better when it was a knockout. Who have we got? Let's see how we go. You might get knocked out in the first round. You might get a run together. No one's ever enjoyed the group stage of the Champions League. No one wants any more leagues. Do you remember, even when we were privileged to be in the Champions League, how deathly dull it was to go and watch those group games? Mm. The absolute misery of it. And then all that it came down to was, are you going to finish first or second in the group? Because if you finish second, you're going to get your ass handed to you by a European super club that you can't compete with. And that's what happened to us every year, Oh, Do you know what, Keith? He would have been good on Peston, wouldn't he? He would have been great I mean, he on would Peston, have been, yeah. That was, that but was it, it's true. I, mean, it <laughs> wasn't I was on the f- end of the phone going, I know loads about the George Floyd thing. I've been reading about it all, all the time. I'm, all, I'm, I'm hashtag BLM all day long. I'll take a knee on there for you. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, it wasn't the fans who, who said, we won a Champions League. Uh, we want to ditch the Cup Winners' Cup. We want to revamp the Europa League, and we want the cha- we want to expand it. The fans, we, we were quite happy the way it was. It was only the club chairman who suddenly, if you're club chairman of uh, Juventus and you get beat by Bromby, that's what that's hark. Oh, suddenly, now I'm not making any more money. Let's change it so that we don't get beaten by the Brombies of this world, the Lutgrets. You know, I, mm. yeah. I, I I have to admit, I find Sky taking the moral high ground a little hard <laughs> to take. Well, well I, someone else pointed there. out. Uh, I agree, dear. Someone else pointed out that Gary Neville and his mates. They're complaining about oh these rich people they're coming together and they wanted to what about Salford? Yeah. <laughs> what about the money they pitched into Salford and bought their way up about four leagues? Yeah. <laughs> How's that fair to all the like, the opposition there? So but it's not all right for that anyway. Whatever. But billionaires, what are they good for? I mean, you know, let's all face it. All it's another billion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they talk, don't they, all the time in the States about the 1%. The 1% have got more money than the 99.9%. They've got so much money, Bezos and Zuckerberg and Musk and all these people, never mind Cronkier and, you know, and, and then what are they going to do with their billions? What are they going to do now for the common good? What What's their plan? How are they going to... to their spoiled children. What are they going to do for the poorer areas of the cities? What are they going to do for areas where there's chronic high unemployment or there's a terrible drug problems? What are they going to do about the, some of the awful housing that people have to live in in this land of plenty? Mm. What are they going to do to address that? They've got so much power and wealth that governments are scared of them. Governments are talking about having to get together to try and deal with Amazon and Facebook and Google because they've got so much money. What are they going to do with all that? They're, not, they're, they're just going to generate more money for themselves. Well, you think they are the cause of most of the problems, all the billionaires? Why do we have the seas polluted, oil tankers, plastic in the sea? It's all, you know, the global warming. Most of these people are behind it. And they, t- as you say, they tell the governments what to do. Why did they think, they didn't think for a second, is this going to improve football or not? Because they don't care. So all you hope is, all you hope is, they know this is dead in the water. This is never going to happen. And therefore, the money that you, the current billions that you earn from these monumental television broadcast right deals from Sky and BT Sports and and the other channels, and now... They're pitching in the digital streaming services like Amazon, wading in with hundreds of millions. This is a lot of money. And you get a lot of money from fans coming through the gate. 
you get a lot of money. You've got a lot of money. So you have to cut your cloth, organise yourselves and and compete for trophies and forget about tapping into the club and, and drawing money out. And even if you tried that, there'd be there'd be more than a few thousand outside the ground. You're a custodian of a, of a famous old football club. It should never have been allowed to happen. There should have been something enshrined in the laws of the game in this country that said that there could be a limit to foreign investment, there could be a limit to the power of a single owner in a club, that clubs should have some kind of German-style fan involvement to keep them rooted in their local community so that the values of the club yeah. reflected the values of the people who went to the ground. And that should be part of the structure of, of football in, in our country. And the moment we opened the doors and welcomed in initially Abramovich with that extremely dubious fortune that he accumulated... And there are good documentaries on that subject. <laughs> and and allowed him to buy the Premier League. And then he went on and he bought the European Cup. He's bought multiple FA Cups. And then you allowed Man City to do it. And we've heard too, haven't we, about Ashley trying to do a deal with a Saudi Arabian buyer. Uh, the due diligence. Have you ever heard such a misused <laughs> yeah. phrase as that? They're really... Uh, the, Blind yeah. eye. That's what it they turned. It came in a big suitcase. <laughs> Hang on, we're not Mark quite ready for the takeover because <laughs> we haven't quite turned enough of a blind eye to your history. Yeah. Oh, but there's this suitcase full of uh, used <laughs> notes. So that's due what diligence. Do you think? Do you yeah. think, as I do, that it was Arsene Wenger leaving Arsenal that has suddenly allowed the wheels to turn and Kronk had suddenly felt he was able to go and kick out all the small shareholders with a, with an enforced share buyout and take mm. over the club and be the sole owner. And suddenly the one man there who really did understand that the values that you live your life by and you work by are of importance. They are ultimately are what you stand for and what you'd remember for. Because mm. even if you're a great winner like Wenger, a serial winner, multiple league titles and cups and many other finals and always contesting. Even that, he's still, his philosophy and his principle about how you go about playing football, doing the right thing, offering a replay when you've got a dodgy goal, that kind of attitude, still shone through. And and that's something that made us proud and doing things the Arsenal way, doing things the right way, being above board. You've got the most successful manager you've had since Herbert Chapman. You find out he's got his hand in the till. He gets fired. Yeah. And uh, now that feel, you feel the deep sense of shame and embarrassment at the people who run the uh, famous football club. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, and there's nobody there now who you feel has got that Arsenal DNA. You know, the Cronkies, they're out in America, so they're not even coming over. Occasionally they might come over once a year just to walk around the place. But all the other people who are actually physically in that building anymore, there's no real arsenal in them, you know. Well, okay. I mean, I know this is going to be an unpopular opinion considering where we are in the league. uh, But Edu and Arteta both played under him. That's true. And they yeah. both, yeah. I think they're both decent. Oh, they are. They're both no, decent people. And they do. And yeah. I, that's, that's my one little bit of optimism in terms of within the club, rather than all these other people that were brought in by Gazidis. Yeah. Oh, his, you know, probably on LinkedIn, uh, you know, the <laughs> football, uh, sort of directors section. Um, but yeah, I, that's my one little bit of hope that, those two can 
maintain some of those well, values. But T, well, I don't want to be, you know, we we because we, we always do this when we get together, don't we? You, you, you <laughs> raise the you raise the flag of hope, and I, just, <laughs> and you, I pour a load of petrol at the bottom of the flagpole, yeah, and <laughs> and chuck a match on it, yeah. You know, how did uh, Jurabjian get into the club? Mm. How did how did he get in and get a three-year deal for Willian and a massive deal for Louise and get himself in the director's box? How did he get his claws into Arsenal? He wasn't there when Wenger was there. And Arteta isn't delivering. He's not delivering as a manager. The players are demotivated. He's having public fallouts with his captain. He's loaning out our best young talent who are helping. Willett was man of the match yesterday. Maitland-Niles was man of the match for West Brom the other day. Well, he's going to get him players off Real Madrid on loan. Real Madrid, do you want to be dealing with these people? Why don't you play our kids? Do I, has he really got Arsenal's best interests at heart? He, he goes publicly and talks about how he's great mates with Per Mertesacker, who runs the academy, and they had a few years together in the first team, and we talk all the time about the academy. That doesn't ring true. Fenger would have loved to have brought people through from the academy, but he didn't see anyone who's good enough. In 20 years, he brought, there was Ashley Cole and Jack Wilshire, and that was pretty much it. Mm. It's it's kind of saying what you think ought to be said, but the actions don't follow it. He's not playing the kids, the, our kids enough. He's backing other people's kids, and, it, and and I don't like this relationship with Chirabjian. What's going to happen next in the transfer market? The agents can get their claws in too easily. I'm with you. I want it to work out for people who've got an Arsenal connection, who've worn the shirt, won cups and trophies for us, and they were on the pitch. You know, Edu especially. It was a class act. He's a magnificent footballer. His yeah. temperament was superb. He was greatly loved by the rest of the squad. Well, it just makes you think, who are these other characters? I mean, we've seen, you know, they had these three guys they brought in. They That quickly fell apart. Uh, I mean, you know, these cronkies, they're meant to be, you know, businessmen, but they've made big mistakes. Uh, they brought these guys no, in. I, and, yeah, you no. know, I mean, Christ, if we'd have been there with Stan and they want to get William on a three-year... I mean, what, this is decent enough, but not a three-year deal, mate. This is ridiculous, you know. What do you think about, and I must admit I would like it, to, to ask Arsene Wenger to come back in some capacity it's as a head of in a head of football oh, that's role, a great idea. some sort of consultation role, particularly especially when you've got a very young, inexperienced manager, somebody around the place. You're not telling me that Alex Ferguson up at Manchester United has no role whatsoever. Mm. That he couldn't he couldn't get a message through to the coaching staff or to Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer if he really felt like you. I would that, love that. You know about yeah. a player. To someone, someone with a moral compass that is second to none, to come back, to be in on those meetings and to say, this, by the way, is a non-starter. The fans will hate it. It's morally bankrupt. I couldn't support it. And Arsenal, instead of joining in, jumping in, saying, oh, but the train is going to leave the station. The train is going to leave the station. Yeah, you can stay on the platform as, it, as it's put away and say, you're making a big mistake, by the way. You'll be back. Yeah, I so and then wish you can go public and say, uh, morally, we were invited to join this, but morally, we found it stank, absolutely stank. Yeah. And we decided to side with the other clubs. So there's only five on that train, not Arsenal. Arsenal has always, oh, been, yeah. has always behaved correctly, and, and that's what we pride ourselves on. If it's, just, it's about having a, a moral compass and doing what you think is the right thing to do. And the, what would have worked with that, what would have worked if Arsenal had said, no, we're staying on the outside, and then when it 
did collapse, Arsenal could have said, oh no, you're not coming back. You're getting relegated. We'll stay where we are. Manchester United, Liverpool, Tottenham, you can go down. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been... And then we'd, we'd, have an out, we'd have had an outside chance of top four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they did, honestly, they didn't think that one through, did they? How can you look at it and say, what is the right thing to do here? Yeah. I mean, really, we used to say it all the time for a joke in the pub. What, what would Arsene do? What yeah. would say? I I would I would love that because personally I think Arteta deserves another year. I know he's made mistakes. I know there's a lot of things that you he's done that you're not so keen on. I feel what whoever comes in and turns our club around needs time. A long time. Needs two or three years. And if we get rid of him now, then someone's just got to start again. I've seen there's some good bits. He's, of course, he's made mistakes. It's his first time as a manager. And I'm sure at the end of the season, he's he's one of those people that will self-analyse and, oh, you know, and he'd probably look at it and goes, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't have, you know, called Aubameyang out or sort of things like that. But I personally, there's been enough good bits in this season, enough flickers of positivity of when we've played well and when we gelled that... For him, you know, as against Slavia Prague, and if Arson was there overlooking, I would, I would fully support that, and maybe nudging him and someone for Arteta to, you know, speak to. Uh, just what a voice in the meetings! Yeah, what a person to have for Edu and Vinay and whoever else is in these meetings about the forward direction of the club. The, uh, as a voice of experience and wisdom, the second, absolutely second to none. Yeah, I've never heard him say anything that didn't make complete and total sense. <laughs> so, apart from Manuel Almonia, he is a man of great <laughs> vision and wisdom. Uh, this is a man. This is a man who would Jump not up, spend yeah. money at that end of the pitch. He would yeah. not spend money at that end of the pitch. Yeah, he would spend money at the other end of the pitch at the goal scoring end yeah. of the pitch on Sonogo. Yeah, but exactly. look at our goals though this season, dude. Look oh, at I Alan, don't. Honestly, I know you. We all want it to work with Arteta, but the direction of travel with a football side is absolutely awful. I, I agree with you that it's very difficult to turn someone out the door, particularly after this season of all seasons when the grounds have been empty, and it's very difficult to know whether our seven home defeats, which matches our worst record, and it's always in the Premier League. What about all the other seasons? Why do they always say in the Premier League era? Mm. What about all the others? What about before that? I don't understand that. I hate that actually. Well, I, I want to know what the records go going further back. But anyway, maybe it's because because of the empty ground but they were racking up the home defeats clubs come in every every two yeah. or three weeks who haven't lost to for 20 30 40 years at home that gets you take, down doesn't it taking the yeah. three points <laughs> and and you turn the match on and are we getting the ball in the box and getting shots off no we're just going backwards and sideways and backwards and sideways yeah. and he tells him we're controlling the game and we had chances and the ref should have given us a pen and oh god it's Pathetic. Well, that was a pathetic dire. shout for a pen, you know, and then we get the bizarre offside thing. I mean, I don't I, think it was I, a penalty, I, but the, the offside decision to... No, no it was over, a, over But he, 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 I think it was a penalty, because even though I don't like him doing that shit, Housery, if he had gone down 
15 minutes before he would have, should have had a penalty and he so you know but he wasn't they didn't whistle for it what i think about sabas he got a, the toe of a boot in the shin if it wasn't in the pad and it was straight on the shin bone that hurts yeah. that that yeah. that hurts a lot uh, but whenever you see a player and they're on the turf and they've got their face in the grass then you know they're faking it there's something about the face in the grass that says He's, he doesn't want us to see his face. He's faking injury. And yeah. he's, you, you, even after the pen's been given, you can get up now, mate. Your yeah. pen's been given. You can get up now. But uh, you're, you're absolutely right, Keith. The offside against Pepe, uh, really, <laughs> on that, on the basis of that alone, and I've been in favour of VAR for years, ever since Stefan Oncho punched the ball off the line in Cardiff in the 2001 Cup final. Yeah. Uh, although, if you look at the replay... Henri should have passed a wheel tour, but never mind. <laughs> Let it go. On show punched it off the line, and 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 also in the World Cup when Lampard's goal went oh. in, it wasn't. There are there are moments where blindingly obvious errors have been made, yeah. and someone needs to step in and say, no, 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 this is a big mistake. Not this is a close call. This is a out and out mistake. Yeah. If it's a close call, it's a close call. You get some, you don't. If it's a chronic error, like he has actually punched that off the line and by the naked eye, it's impossible to see. But that wasn't even close. He was onside. Yeah. You could see the bodies. If you're level, you're on. His feet were behind the Everton player's feet. His body was level. You, if you're leaning forward and your momentum's taking you forward and your arm's there for balance, what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to have footballers with no arms. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the fact that they actually did look for it. You know, that's that was very suspicious. <laughs> it's the fact of, hang on a minute, yeah, we've we've he's given a penalty, but let's see if we can find something to stop that. That was honestly, I smell a rat there. But but anyway, and, the, uh, <laughs> and how long do you think that uh, think of the Unai Emery? Um, oh yeah, looking on. forward to Thursday. Yes. I wouldn't say granite, looking granite, forward to it. <laughs> well, Granite Granite Jack one on one against Richarlison, that went well. And um <laughs> Yes, so that's yeah. uh, a little bit concerned about Oh, I'm very concerned. Uh, uh, Mikel seems to go from game to game, doesn't he? Well that worked well last week. I'll play that team. Mm. Oh now they've lost. I'll play another team. I could see him throwing it all out and putting Hector Bellerin in and maybe Cedric back in at left back, well, playing Gabriel. Surely Cedric has got to be the better option because, I mean, let's God love Zaka. It's not, who knows is going to go exploit that straight away? That's going to be number yeah, one on his you, team. If you're one-on-one yeah. with, with, with Richarlison, don't try, you can't win that ball. You've got to try and stop him crossing it. Yeah. But he doesn't think like that. He's not a left back. Of course it costs us eventually. It was bound to. Yeah. Um, Thursday's massive mm. and I know we, we sympathise with the manager in a situation in this COVID season and empty grounds and all the rest of it but he's done a pretty ropey job and we are our football's awful and we can't score any goals the home form, home form is shocking the, the boos will be ringing around the Emirates every home game if there were fans in and it, it, there is a lot riding on this Villarreal tie there is a huge amount I would think it's it's a his future as the manager, really. Because if he can knock Villarreal, Villarreal out over two legs and knock out Unai Emery, who is the absolute specialist of two-leg European football, 
If he can do that, that'll be an achievement. And then it's a one-off game against Man U or Roma, and you, we can do these things, right? We yeah, can win we, these. We can... We're good. At, we've been good in finals in the last well, FA Cup finals, European finals. Our record is atrocious, but and then if he does that, then well, he's got himself a three-year deal, right? If he wins the Europa League and gets us in, yeah, the Champions League. Well, that—that's the thing. Mind you, there is a playoff. It's massive first. Yeah, it's isn't it? it's, it's massive. Massive. and we've got to go over there, and we've got to get. We've got to go and win two 0 over there. Three 0 over there because you... we have got to go and win because at home we don't know how to approach the game. I think what happens, contrary to what has happened before where you think we have a slow start we do have these periods where we we've started quite well we in the Everton game we were on the front foot and we were getting in there and then but it lasts 10 minutes mm. and we if we haven't shot, got do we had no, one we, shot we had from Saka no we had that Eddie and Ketia one as well two shots <laughs> I think it, the problem gotcha. is, is because no, but, our, his training is so rigid, you know, passing it back we to the game. know this. If kid. the crowd were there, there'd be times when they're going, no, get it forward, get it forward. And the players may react to that. But being that it's so soulless there at the moment, for them in their mind, they are still at London Coney, you know, and that's where they're sort of playing in that it, way. It, you know, it's, it's quite a common thing throughout football at the moment. You see it in all games almost. This this notion when when we first saw it at the Emirates we couldn't believe our eyes that you would take a goal kick from your six yard box and you would pass the ball to a lumpen centre half inside your penalty area and that would be the best option from a goal kick and uh, I've been watching football for fifty years I mean for, of course it's only recently you've been allowed to stand inside the penalty area to yeah. receive the ball. But under no circumstances, under Bertie Mee or George Graham or Arsene Wenger or, or, or probably under Chapman, God knows, would that have been seen to be a good idea? Hmm. Don't give it to him there. Look <laughs> higher up the pitch. Get rid. Try and get someone on the ball in their half. Get the ball forward into their half more quickly. Well, uh, when we had a goal kick under Graham... Adams and everyone went and stood on the halfway well, line. How many times have you seen a corner taken? They take the short corner and it ends up with Burt Leno. And you think, well, what, how is that? What's that hasn't well, worked? That, uh, <laughs> game's <laughs> gone, Keith. Game's that gone. Hap- <laughs> that happens frequently in the game. So there's one reason why we're not in the opposition half getting shots off because we spend a lot of the match trying to pass away up from our own 18-yard box, finding that we can't manage it, getting to around about halfway, turning round. Going back again. Right, let's have another go. <laughs> you want to say to them, you don't have to do this, you know. It's not ice hockey where you can't pass from the end zone to the end zone. You can go long. You can launch it. We've got some rapid players. You can mix it up. We seem to have stopped doing that, actually, because the, the, there was a period when we were getting a lot out of the long ball sort of down the line to Pepe or Aubameyang. And we seem to have stopped doing that, which is frustrating. Well, it doesn't have to be a long... Sorry, it doesn't have to be a long blind ball, does it? Or you just kick it up and hope for the best. You can't call it a pass. (laughs) Well, well, the way I see it is if you're going to play it out from the back like that, you better be quick about it. It better go like Real Madrid were Mm. the other night in their home leg against Liverpool. They were playing it out for that. It was so rapid. 
ping, 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 and they're in the Liverpool half. They can do it. But if you're not doing it, if you can't do it, then you have to change it. You have to try and put Mm. a tall player out on the touchline who's good in the air and hit it towards them. When we had Bakary Sanya at right back, nearly all our goal kicks went to Bakary Sanya because he was superb in the air and he would win them. And then the ball's in play at halfway. It's driving me mad. It is so unremittingly boring and tedious to watch. It's so depressingly dull to see these people. They're paid so much money. The signing of Pepe. Honestly, I was watching Everton. I'm thinking, you know, they sold Iwobi. Whatever you think about Iwobi, they sold Iwobi for 34 to finance buying Pepe. Is he really better than Iwobi? Mm. I don't think he is. I think Iwobi could get you five or six goals and five or six assists in a season if you played him every week. And he cares about Arsenal. I, I just the decisions that have been made are so poor, and I'm I'm really fearful now that because his his lone willer can Maitland Niles out, and they're doing very well because they're very good players, that he might think it's twenty mil each. Leeds United will come in, Wolverhampton Wanderers will come in, someone will come in, West Ham will come in, West Ham might give us twenty mil for Eddie and Ketia. There's sixty mil, yeah, and there's three twenty-one year olds who love Arsenal out the door. You can't buy that. Yeah. They could have done that with Rocky and Michael Thomas and Paul Merson. They could have done that and gone and perhaps they would have done if they'd had a foreign manager who was enamoured with Spanish talent. But we kept them and we built them into a side and they finished sixth in 88 and they won the league in 89. It took three years to bed them together. But, you know, give the manager time, give him time. You give him time if you feel like there's a plan afoot. If he's saying, listen, I've got these guys, they're quite young, I'm going to supplement them with experience, but this is what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to build a team with an Arsenal nucleus, you know, because they really are spectacularly talented, particularly Saka. But as it is, it, but I feel like in the summer we're going to lose three of them. I just hope we don't, because I, I would have thought, as I say, if Ferguson or Avenga, if they'd have been in charge with those youngsters, they would have been moulding the team now to go for the Premiership. And do you remember United... When you think about Darren Fletcher or Phil Neville or Nicky Butt, you don't think of them as outstanding players, as particularly gifted footballers. They're three club legends at Manchester United. Because they were united through and through, they gave absolutely everything for Alex Ferguson. He could completely rely on them. And if the chips were down in the match, he turned to those three lads and they would prevent defeats. They break up play and they get the ball to whoever it was they had, you know, in, in at that particular time, whether it was Cristiano Ronaldo or Ryan Giggs or Wayne Rooney or Andre Kanchelskis or they had a lot of talent. But they'd have these guys in the side who cared about United. And he kept them there because they cared about United and they, and they are and he trusted them and they're club legends. And there's there is a lot to be said for having that in your club. You know, I know I know they don't particularly have it at Liverpool with this great side they've assembled. Trent is a homegrown player, and they have got two or three coming through now. Uh, Curtis Jones is there, but it's it, that side of the game, that caring about the shirt and busting the gut and being reliable, seems to be in their side exemplified by Jordan Henderson and James Milner, who you might look on the outside and think, well, they're not as good, are they? As you know, look how gifted Danny Ceballos is. But if you phoned up Jurgen Klopp and said, I'll swap you Danny Ceballos for Jordan Henderson, he'd just put the phone down. Mm. 
Well, I mean, this is, I mean, our youngsters has dragged us over the line at times. I mean, when you see, when you bring Willian on, he looks like he's half asleep. You know. Do you think he'll? Do you think he'll go to America in the summer? Oh, I hope so. I'd like that. Yeah, I'd take. Do you think Aubameyang might go to America in the summer? Uh, oof, that's an interesting. Well, it all depends with his relationship with Arteta, which doesn't look good at the moment. It, it's yeah. over yeah. that relationship. I don't think that's forgivable the way he treated him. I think you can drop a player, you can find a player, but to publicly throw him under the bus like that in the North London derby, really, that's a talk of. Football beyond our shores. This is one of the top strikers in world football. When I was looking for goals for uh, spot for spot the commentary that later, and I found a goal that he scored against Valencia in the semi final in the Mestalla. And I don't know if you remember mm, that, but yeah. we were th- we were three one up from the first leg, and they scored. And that's a big noisy ground, the Mestalla. I've never had the privilege to go there, but by reputation. And they scored next goal, and they're ahead on the, on the, in the tie. And the ball gets lumped upfield, and Lacazette challenges for it, and it falls to Aubameyang. He is so fast onto it, and lashes it in the net from twenty yards. World class, stunning. You know, reminds you of all the greats: Shevchenko, Ronaldo, all the great strikers. Are just onto it, two strides, bang, goal. And that's what he had. That's what we had. And now we've got this guy who looks so depressed. I mean, it obviously doesn't look too good at the moment because he's got malaria. But <laughs> even before, even before the malaria, he looked <laughs> he absolutely look happy, he? miserable. He looked like will uh, he, Ian Wright. Will he play? Ian Wright looked during the uh, Bruce during the Bruce Reox. Will he play Thursday? I mean, this, is, is there any news on that? Is he? I don't know. What about Lacazette? I don't think he'll... No, I think Lacazette will play. I think Pepe and and Bukayo Saka and Smith-Rowe, he he might like to play Odegaard. Hmm. Um, If if he does, then he's got a decision there about who to drop. And then he's got a decision too about Left back. Well, surely oh. Cedric is the one. I mean, it, I just you can't put, you can't play granite there. It's just, it's not. Is is, is David Luiz fit? No, no. I, I thought Luis, he was out for the rest know, of the season. I think so. David Luiz is out. Yeah. So is it going to be holding and Mari? What about this? Oh, mate, I know, I know what you think, Keith. You think the same as me, but they're so depressing to see this these goalkeeping errors. I can't even look at it, you know. It's this terrible goalkeeping well, let's errors. let's go to Pol Pot or Pulis then. Then we talk about Bert Leno again. I thought you were, were going to say, let's go to, Ma- to Matty Ryan. Who's <laughs> <laughs> good in the air. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, you're quite right. It will stop moaning. Uh, I, I, I look at my uh, audio recording on my screen and I see that is a full hour. Of moaning. And, it, and if, there's anyone, if there's anyone still listening... <laughs> It'd be a miracle. <laughs> oh, I tell you, who put that picture up on Twitter, the one with the Arsenal fans outside the image? 
Because I've downloaded that. I'm going to get that printed up and put on the wall. I think that's a fantastic... Are you going to get that as a tattoo if we you know win the what? Europa League final? I, that did cross my mind. I think, actually, that, that. I think you should commit to that. And I will give money to charity if you say now. <laughs> no, I, or I couldn't confirm. I'm have to look at that you put some money towards more. charity if Keith agreed now? <laughs> no, no, no. You ain't going to get me on the old charity thing, mate. No. <laughs> I ain't a bigger mug. <laughs> 200 quid <laughs> no anyway oh, it's a great uh, photo I've been uh, I've been inundated uh, it's Ooh. not too strong a word yeah. <laughs> um, uh, with quizzes and, uh, <laughs> I imagine we're losing listeners do you, do you ever watch uh, the Paddy McGuinness show Take Me Out you ever watch that I've they go 30 women 30 single women and a man comes down in the love lift <laughs> and they all decide whether they want to go on a date with him. Yes. And if they don't want to go on a date with him, sometimes at the first look at him, then you can hit a button and a bell goes off and your light goes out and you're out of the game. Oh, God, that's terrible. Right? Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and sometimes it's hilarious. Oh, because some poor sod. <laughs> they do a little montage of his interests and it might say... I speak fluent French. And you can guarantee you'll hear boo, 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 boo. There's <laughs> about eight of them drop out because they don't like someone who speaks French. But that is why I imagine this happening amongst our dwindling listenership. <laughs> After an hour of whinging on about the about the Europa League, the ownership, the manager, the kids on loan, I now bring you Big Sam or Nigel Farage. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, that's... Oh, who's come up with that one? <laughs> I Honestly, I've had so many sent to me. And apologies to people who've sent them in. I will try over the coming months as the football becomes more... Well, of course, we might be celebrating winning the Europa League. Uh, Joe Blanchard has sent me this one. Uh, he's, he's, been, he's been enjoying these. He, he, he really enjoyed Ferguson or Hitler. Uh, <laughs> So here we go, oh, here, here we, we go. go. Uh, who said this? Was it Sam Allardyce or Nigel Farage? Number one, I squeezed into some very tight black pants and nailed the moonwalk. I've even dressed up as Cheryl Cole. What? <laughs> oh, that's a mental image you don't need. Oh, oh. Big Sam. Big Sam, oh. Big Sam or Nigel? I'm going Big Sam because I don't want to think of Farage. Oh, well, I would just go Farage just to be opposite. It sounds like the sort of thing Big Sam would do for Big Sam. Yeah. Yes. yes, Big Sam. It's one nil, Damien. Oh, Number two, I don't listen to music. I don't watch television. I don't read. Big Sam. Sorry. Awesome. Big, <laughs> You're going to go Big, big Sam. Sam. D says Big Sam. Well, I, listen, I'm going to go Big Big Sam on this one as well. It's Nigel Farage. No. Oh. Nigel Farage, leader of an influential agitprop yeah. political party, <laughs> uh, doesn't read. Doesn't read. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he read. must have read uh, Mein Kampf. <laughs> 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 I would have thought that would have been the only book on his. You know. Well, <sighs> number three. Whatever my faults, I have some principles. Ooh. Farage or Allardyce? I'm going to go Allardyce. I'm going to go Allardyce as well. It, it's Farage. Oh, oh, no. 
I oh, know, I know the words principles and Farage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that was what got me yeah. on that one. <laughs> okay, number four. He can't take it, can he? He can't take <laughs> it because we've out-tacticked him, outwitted him. He just can't cope. He can tell me all he wants. I don't give a shite. Oh, <laughs> that's got to be that's got to be Sam, and it? it's got to be Sam. And that was to, about Wenger, wasn't oh, it? it? Must have been, yeah, yeah probably. That yeah. no, was probably about Arson. Yeah, probably they don't like it up them. It was Big Sam. Yeah. Uh, so with this next one, Big Sam or Farage? I just say it as I see it. Behave as I do. If people don't like it, they can take a running jump. Oh, that's Farage all over. Obviously. I I I think that's Big Sam because that's. Farage pretends to be a politician, so um, I'm going to go Big Sam. It's Farage. It's Farage. Uh, Number six. There are scientists who will tell you that spirit, because it can't be measured, doesn't exist. Bollocks. It does exist. (laughs) (laughs) It was going so well, wasn't it? Until the bollocks came in. <laughs> this sounds like wise words, and then yeah. <laughs> Confucius, uh, <laughs> Nelson Mandela. Uh, oh no, Big Sam! <laughs> big Sam's got me, Big Sam. Big Sam. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm not going to do the next one because it's too obviously Big Sam. Number, uh, I think number eight. I think, frankly, when it comes to chaos, you haven't seen nothing yet. Oh. Farage. I'll go Farage on that one, yeah. That's Farage. Uh, Number nine, if you poke the Russian bear with a stick, he will respond. Farage. That's got to be Farage too, yeah. That's Farage. Uh, Number ten, the only decisions I'm making at the moment are whether I have tea, coffee, toast or cornflakes in the morning. I'd go Big Sam. Big Sam. Sam. Yes, Big Sam, presumably after he's been... In between clubs. (laughs) Recently, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. Between clubs. (laughs) Uh, Oh, no, I brought up uh, Craig Shakespeare or William Shakespeare again. That was very... (laughs) That was hilarious. Very funny. Okay. Here's here's another one. Red Nap or Trump. Oh, <laughs> I take it we're going Harry <laughs> yes, and not Harry Jamie. Redknapp. Uh, this from Mike Johnson. Okay, who said this? Harry Redknapp or Donald Trump? He's disappeared to Azerbaijan or somewhere ridiculous in the world. Oh, Redknapp uh, or Trump? I'm going to go Harry on that one. I reckon Harry yeah. Redknapp as well. I think, yeah, that was Harry Redknapp, and he's perhaps talking about Tony Adams. There, I would imagine so. Oh, yeah, yeah. he might have yeah. been. Yeah. Uh, who said this? I've never seen a thin person drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> that's, that's a cool. I think that's. I think that's Trump, even though he drinks Coke. Yeah, it is Trump. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it Trump. Trump. I've got no hobbies. A game of golf every now and again, but that's it. No. Trump or Redknapp? Trump, I'd say. I'd say Trump. Oh, it's Redknapp. Yeah. Uh, he don't speak the English too good. <laughs> <laughs> are we, talk- are we talking about Trump now? <laughs> Red- Redknapp or Trump? <laughs> Actually, no, probably Trump. I'm going to go Harry. He don't speak the English. It is Harry. It is Harry. Really? Yeah. The point is, you can never be too greedy. Redknapp or Trump? It's got to be Trump, and it? it sounds 
Trump, yeah. Yeah, it's the sort of thing he'd say. But... Actually, no, I'm going to go Redknapp. Last minute change, Redknapp. Oh, uh, it is Trump. Oh, bollocks. Okay, I haven't got an old man's brain. I've got a sharp mind and I enjoy doing what I do. Trump or Redknapp? I'm going to go Trump. Yeah, Trump for me. That's Redknapp. No! Blimey, Harry is doing, doing well. Okay, what about this one? You have a lot of strategies. I have five different strategies. I could change at any moment. Well, that's got to be Trump, that is. I would say that's got to be Trump. That is Trump. Yeah. yeah. This is my favourite one. The concept of shaking hands is absolutely terrible. And statistically, I've been proven right. <laughs> I I say that's Donald Trump. Yeah, I say I can't see Harry saying. He's a germaphobe, <laughs> isn't he? That's Trump. Yeah. Uh, what about this one? I've got no business acumen whatsoever. That's Harry, which that's is a Harry. big lie because he is. <laughs> and uh, finally, you know, it really doesn't matter what the media write, as long as you've got a young and beautiful piece of ass. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Redknapp. Um, I, I'm going to go Trump. That's Trump, yeah. That's Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but while moment, we're on America, mm. Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah, yeah. Has anyone seen it? Uh, I saw the first one, I think. Yeah. What's it about? It's, it's an American, um, Jason Sekudis, um is a is given the job of a manager of an English football team. Oh, all right, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I haven't seen it, but and, owned by Hannah Waddingham. Yes, all, 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 always been. Uh, yes, a, a sight for sore eyes. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I mean, if anyone said that is, you know, I really like it. It's everything I would normally hate about a, a television series. Uh, and it's actually surprisingly good. I, did, well, I go. think it was something on Football Focus. Was, and they had Matt Damon and uh, what was it Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg. And they showed him club shields. And they said, what's the first thing that comes to your head? And they showed him West Ham's and he said, pickup trucks. And I thought, that is so spot on, isn't it, for West Ham? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see their club shield, yeah. An old pickup truck, you know, which is above <laughs> us at the moment. And so now, email from Joseph Ballantyne. Um, Love the pod. Thanks to all ye involved. You may be glad to know I finally found the time to sit down and tell the tale of my encounter with our favourite bellend, oh, Te- Teddy Sheringham. <laughs> I must have been about eight or ten years old in Selfridges on Oxford Street and I was walking around with my dad. Look, he said to me, do you recognise that man? I looked up to see a wide-eyed and gormless man (laughs) half-heartedly thumbing his way through a stack of jeans. He looked vaguely familiar. That's Gus Poyet, said my dad. Is it Poyet or Poyet? Poyet. Poyet. That's Gus Poyet, said my dad. And so it was. In fact, it was the first famous face I'd ever seen. My hatred for Tottenham was not yet solidified and due to my dad's wider love of the beautiful game we decided to say hello hello said gus warmly with a big smile he was clearly happy to see us suddenly the mood shifted (laughs) (laughs) you done came an aggressive voice (laughs) gus looked sheepishly at the floor and then back up and his accomplice it was teddy sharon without a moment's rest 
Sheringham strode straight over to the till and Gus followed closely behind. Sheringham had gathered a bundle of clothes and he slung them all down for the cashier to check through. Gus was looking nervous. Eventually the total bill came up and Sheringham glared at Gus. Gus mumbled something under his breath. I can only imagine he didn't want to pay for Sheringham's pile of ill-fitting designer gear. (laughs) This did not go down well. Teddy began remonstrating with Gus loudly. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Much to the young cashier's concern, Teddy was having kittens. He was red in the face. Eventually, poor Gus, defeated, pulled out his wallet and paid the bill. He even picked up the bags and carried them off. Before Sheringham left, he looked over and noticed me watching on. You can fuck off and all, he said. Oh, no! <sighs> and he stormed off. God, he said wow. that to a young child. He said it to a child in Selfridges. He's the school bully, that? isn't he? He is. Yeah. And, he, and he threatened one of his own players. Threatened so one that... of his own players. Uh, uh, oh, listeners, if you've got any, any stories about footballers behaving like absolute tossers, but particularly Teddy Sheringham, uh, if you write them down and email them to us, we will believe every word. <laughs> 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 we will read it out. We won't follow up. We won't make any further inquiries. We won't check. Yeah. We'll just read it out and believe it. <laughs> believe it, yes. Well, I tell you, I think he came up with a good tale there. It does sound believable. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd yeah. Like to, oh, God, you, let's somehow track down Gus Poyer. Let's get the backstory on this. Let's, yeah. Let's track down Gus Boy. <laughs> go to Montevideo. Let's go. Let's fly out there. Yeah. Cut through the jungle. Tell us about <laughs> selfridges. You didn't say anything about selfridges. That was the worst day of my life. <laughs> Don't bring up the selfridges incident again. <laughs> now, I've had an email here from a friend of the Tuesday Club, Amy Lawrence, has been in touch. Uh, Amy has uh, come up with a quiz for us. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to read it out. Uh, a quiz entitled Emery or Epicurus in, on, in honour of a former great philosopher. Here's hoping it's a great week for Epicurus. Um, we face, of course, Unai Emery's Villarreal side uh, on Thursday night. Question one. I have never desired to please the rabble. Ooh. Emery or Epicurus. This is one of those ones where... You have to bear in mind that these are in translation. Of course. Oh, I'm going to go Epicurus. Epicurus, Mm. yeah. I'm going to go Unai. Unai, you think it's Unai. I never desired to please the rabble. It's Epicurus. No. Okay. Number two. They invented rabbles back then. Oh, they must have had a rabble back then. Yeah. It's probably a translation of hoi polloi. Yeah. Right. Okay. Actually, it was probably more rabble back then than there ever was. You know. Yeah, loads of rabble. Loads of yeah. rabble. Loads of rabble. Mm. Too much rabble. <laughs> so, yeah. that's, why, that's why they had to have strong armed forces. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, there was a rabble outside the Emirates, so you know, it's considered uh, uh, Number two. Here we go. What I want is to unite both essences. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, this is this is yeah. poor. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go that that's Unai talking about attack and defence. Yes, I'm going to go Unai this one too. It is is Unai Emery. 
He wanted to unite Boom. both essences, yeah. And were those the essences he th- he doth speak of? Uh, Amy hasn't uh, given us uh, any okay. backstory. If, right. only, if only our club had stumped up for a translator, he might still be manager now, mightn't he? But, Good you know. evening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, his transfers. Oh, my God. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> number three. I would go to school and have an hour of Latin, maths, history, philosophy, English. Emery or Epicurus? Oh, it's Epicurus. I'm I'm, I'm going to go Epicurus as well. Oh, it's Emery. Hey. No. Emery, Damn. do you really think that Epicurus was having an hour of English studies? No, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't, what was we thinking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, very good knife. point. Yeah. Now, this is a. He like did, this, he did uh, if he had said media studies, I might have gone for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. PHSE. Yeah, would work. yeah, I was off to do a BTEC in. Yeah. Anyway. Number four. Nothing is enough for the man for whom enough is too little. Wow. That sounds very right. philosophical. It's got to be Epicurus, isn't it? It's very it's deep. It's very deep. I it can't see you. I, I, I think it's Unai. No, it's Epicurus. Ah. Oh, Nothing on. is enough for the man for whom enough is too little. To dare is to do. <laughs> David Levy. <laughs> Number five. Daniel Levy, sorry. This is a good I like this one. Remember, what you now have was once among the things you only hoped for. Remember, what you now have was once among the things you only hoped for. Wow. Unai Emery or Epicurus? Well, if that is Unai, is it, he can understand why the team got lost then when the team talks, <laughs> can't he? Because that's thrown me. So it's... it's it's. He's a big scratchy. What? What's he talking about? Do I pass yeah, back granite. to the what did, he, what did he say? Yeah. Blacker, do you, do you understand I, what he's talking I, about? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go Epicurus. It's got to be Epicurus, isn't it, surely? Yes, it is Epicurus. How about this one? We already know what nationalism is. When there are problems, people tend to be rooted to defend the inside. We already know what nationalism is. When there are problems, people tend to be rooted to defend the inside. Epicurus again, surely. I mean, Epicurus? And if it is, but was, right? yeah. My God. Well, yeah. It's, it's a bit I, deep, isn't it? Well, he was a philosopher, Keith. So no, I'm talking about Unai then. I mean, I'm saying if it's Unai, that's a bit deep too. I mean, right. yeah, you know, granted, if a philosopher says so, it, it's going to okay, be well, Epicurus. You're going Epicurus, I'm Keith? going Epicurus, yeah. That's Unai. No! no. Oh. 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 With quite the handle on nationalism there, Unai. Subject, of course, steer to the Spanish heart. Um, the best success for me... Is not one trophy. Epicurus, <laughs> oh. every because oh. yeah. they invented <laughs> the Olympics, didn't they? So uh, uh, no, I go Unai. Unai, Unai said yeah. that. Yeah. Unai said that. The greater the difficulty, the more the glory in overcoming it. Oh, that's Unai, surely. I would say Unai. Go Unai. I'm going to go, go Epicurus. Just um, it is Epicurus. Yes, it's Epicurus. Well, the more very... the glory in overcoming it. If you can grow. It's very gratifying. Joy comes from the illusion, the hope, the dream of winning. Oh, you see, that's what should have been said to the Super League founders, shouldn't it? That kind of, you know, that's... Well, I've got to say Unai, but if it's Epicurus, respect. (laughs) 
<laughs> Respect to the, uh, for the you know, uh, philosophers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Unai Emery. <laughs> if it's Epicurus respect, let's write, write that down. <laughs> right on uh, the that, is that is Unai. That is that is Unai. Yeah, that's that is Unai. And finally. Uh, Pleasure is the beginning and end of living happily. Oh, Epicurus. Epicurus, yeah. That is Epicurus. Thank you, Amy Lawrence. Thanks, Amy. Uh, yeah, you could have come on our that. podcast and done that yourself, Amy. You didn't have to. <laughs> could have done, couldn't she? <laughs> could have done. Could have done. Always Do get welcome. Amy's book, 89, an audio book uh, read by uh, yours truly. That's the second time I said yours truly, Dan. I don't think I've said it in probably my whole life. Oh, really? Have you done the... Um... Yeah. The audio book. I did the audio book of, uh, of 89. Right. And actually, um, the film, of course, is a brilliant documentary. Do get that um, and watch that if you haven't already. I'm sure you have. Yeah. Uh, but the book contains, uh, if you haven't read it or listened to it, contains a lot more material and a lot of really good material from the Liverpool side and oh. also um, a very moving account from someone um, who lived near Hillsborough Stadium, because of course it all the the famous two nil mm. game was played at the end of the season after it was postponed because of the Hillsborough disaster. So there's some really good stuff in there from from the fans' perspective. Mm. The the uh, the documentary is really about the Arsenal team and the Arsenal manager's perspective, and it's fascinating, particularly if you're an Arsenal fan. But as a sporting occasion, it's sort of extraordinary. Did you see but, the um, Derry City? Story on BBC Two Tuesday night. I haven't looked at that yet. Oh, That's mate, a little it's, bit of it. it's brilliant. It mm. really, you've got to see it. And because obviously with the Super League thing unfolding, it was perfect timing for it to come on. But anyone who listens to this pod, you've got to watch it. It's it's fantastic. It's yeah, really is. Oh. It's there's there's just so much stuff in it, and it's amazing. It's just an amazing. So I won't say too much because I don't want to give it away. It's just, but you've got to watch it as a football fan. You've got to watch it. You know? Yeah, it looked it looked fascinating. Yeah, really amazing, an amazing city, um, Derry or London Derry, uh, Derry Stroke London Derry. As they as they call it Stroke City. Uh, I was told when I was there <laughs> gig, uh, gigging, <laughs> or they either call it Stroke City or legendary which is my favorite uh i'm gonna uh i'm gonna withhold uh putin or pochettino <laughs> uh pardew or pol pot uh <laughs> keown or kanye <laughs> Moyes or mao uh, oh, that's a good uh, one. roy Keane or pablo escobar <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Aristotle or Allardyce, <laughs> uh, Brendan Rogers or David Brent, Jurgen Klopp or Kierkegaard. Uh, uh, some of these I haven't even read yet. Uh, Bergkamp or Bentner. <laughs> uh, actually, Bergkamp or Bentner, I could probably <laughs> I could do for you because it's quite funny. Um, Okay, many thanks for bringing back the pod last year uh, when lockdown is getting me down. Listening to the Tuesday Club never fails to live my spirits. Perhaps not this week, Mike. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You have to shoot to want to score goals, no matter how. Just score that goal. You can't be afraid to miss. Bergkamp or Bentner? I'm going to go Bentner. 
Oh, it sounds, yeah, it sounds bentner. It does sound bentner, yeah. It's Dennis Burkham. Ah, no! This is oh going to... You have to... I feel that, solid I mean, now. That should be on the wall. Yeah. That should be... Arteta should be made to wear a T-shirt with that on it. You have to shoot to want to score goals, no matter how. Dennis Burkham. Mm. Please, God, Arsenal, please listen to that. People can say the money doesn't really matter, but it does show you how much a club respects you. Oh, that sounds like Bentner Burkham trying to get, Bentner. get a bit more cash. I would say Bentner, but there maybe that cold Dutch... Uh, <laughs> oh. who's, who's colder, the Dutch or the Danish? Yeah. Mm. It is Bergkamp. <sighs> it is Bergkamp. Dennis. Because, yeah, I'm, yeah, okay. Whether it's tennis, badminton, football, whatever, I just go out there and think I can do it. And most of the time, I can Oh, that's no, Dennis. That's got, uh, uh, no, no, I'm saying that's Bentner because he did think he was God's gift. No, that's so. Dennis, isn't it? Uh, no, it's Bentner. Oh, thank God for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you ask me if I'm one of the best strikers in the world, I say yes because I believe it. Oh, that's Bentner too. That's got a big Bentner, hasn't it? It's Dennis. Bentner. That's yeah. Bentner. Is, is it, was it Bentner? Yeah. Oh. It's Bentner. It was Bentner. Yeah. Uh, other clubs never came into my thoughts once I knew Arsenal wanted to sign me. Oh, I love that. That's, that's, that's Dennis. Yeah, that's Dennis. I wasn't interested in dribbling or doing tricks or scoring goals. Control, that was my thing. With every pass, there needs to be a message or a thought behind it. That was there from very early in my body and in my mind. Oh, it's got to be Dennis, It's it? Dennis. That's Dennis. And yeah. finally, I've supplemented my Audi A4S with a Range Rover Sport. <laughs> <laughs> but but strip clubs like Legs 11 and Spearmint Rhino are what seriously loosen my purse strings. It's the done thing when playing in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be Birmingham. <laughs> oh, Only you would come up with something stupid like that. Okay, do you want a little bit of spot the commentary yeah, before, go before yes, we go. Uh, go our separate ways and mm. watch the League Cup final or not? Is Kane is on? playing. <laughs> of course Kane's playing. Not going to miss that. He's, he's fit. Yeah. wants to try and win a cup before he leaves in the summer. Okay, here we go. See if you can get this goal. Aguren. That's a great header on by Fabregas. And Percy for Arsenal. And Bayor. Yes! It might be the goal that sends Arsenal into the Champions League semi-final. Well, there's your answer. When you're not having a good game, when it's not going for you, you get a chance and you take it in a huge, huge game for your side. Is that Villarreal? It is Villarreal. I'm going to say 2009. Yeah. 2009 is right. 1-0, Damien. 2009, yes. Mm. uh, uh, Adibayor scored in both legs of a tie against uh, Villarreal and we knocked them out and went on to a semi-final, which we would all like to (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Try this one. Abamyang. Gaia's not going to lose too many foot races, I fancy. Abamyang nicked it away from him, though. Torreira. Lacazette. Turns and scores. That may settle it. Him again. Ale- 
Alexander Lacazette at the moment for Arsenal. Alexander the Great. Uh, Valencia in the semi. Yeah. Yes, Valencia. that's the Valencia. Yeah, Valencia in the Mestalla. Uh, it, it was this was the semi-final. Uh, before we all went well, we yeah, we all, I, that I was went. the game you were talking about earlier, I think, wasn't it? Baku, that's right. Yeah. That is the very game, and and they, the pair of them, they were before, brilliant that night. They were <laughs> brilliant together. They were brilliant in the first mm, leg. Yeah, absolutely on fire. Yeah, and stunning. then got out to Baku and nothing, just nothing happened. It was so. Well, it, I mean, when you oh, think about a stunning goal by Alex well, Iwobi, Valencia, were a, a, a good team. You know, a good team. And so no, we beat them three one in the first first leg, and then it was what was it three two four four two in the second. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, they they kind of they went a little bit, but they're finishing in that game. Abamyang's goal, the first goal, the finish was brilliant. That goal from Laka, it's a brilliant goal. It's a little bit like you know in that Liverpool Newcastle game. I don't know if you saw Mo Salah's goal. Um, that it will it equalised. Yeah. Shot on the turn, like how on earth did he pirouette like that and lash that in the roof of the net? It's unbelievable. You know, we used to play on a PlayStation on FIFA, and you'd go up a level. Yeah, you find yourself on world class. Yeah, and uh, for the first few games, things like that kept happening. <laughs> you go, holy shit, people are really good at this level. Yeah, and it was uh, it was like that. But yeah, that was a good win. Good win. And that's just what I'm kind of hoping for. For Thursday night. Okay, final one. It's one all. See if you can get this one. This is for the winner. Back to Henri again. He loves to attack from this kind of area. That's quite clever. Leb across the face of goal and in. Time after over 40 minutes of frustration. Well, I think would it, it wouldn't have been the Villarreal. No, because Cleb was playing. So would it be when we played Villa? Atletico? No, I'm thinking, no, oh would it God. be the Villarreal when we played them in the Champions League semi-final? And that would be the it first exactly leg, that. which would be at home, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's yeah. exactly that. That was the only goal of the time. Ah. Um, Henri worked a clever little pass into Hleb and he got to the byline. As and Colo Toure was in the six-yard box <laughs> and it was quite a good finish. He kind of glanced it in from close range and that was the goal that took us to... To the final in Paris, although the deciding thing really was that save, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, Lehman, yeah. Lehman. a penalty yeah. save, fantastic penalty save. What was yeah. that back four again? We had a makeshift back four, didn't we? That got us to the Flamini, so wasn't it? Ross. Didn't F- yeah. Flamini at left back? Uh, Flamini was at left back, and Senderos played, and Nabue. Uh, we didn't let a goal in. Yeah. We didn't let a goal in for the whole run. We didn't let a goal in until 15 minutes from the end oh! of the final, and and uh, and it was offside. Uh, I'll look up the... Uh, actually, I think actually Cole might have... I don't think he did, did he? Because we, we, we had this weird makeshift... Actually, Cole was injured for quite a lot of that season. Yeah. And, and so was Gail Clichy, and that was why we ended up. Wenger claimed with, that um, was it one Firmini. of the Barcelona goals or both of them were offside in that final. I've never looked at the goals again, so I wouldn't possibly. Yeah, yeah one of them. One of them was offside. Oh, it was offside. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, that makes it worse. I didn't know. Yeah, that. really, really, really. Oh. <laughs> Still, great, great day, wasn't it? We did have a good day, and even in the evening, just for drinking, drowning our sorrows, wasn't too shabby. That know? was funny. If we'd have won, that it would have been. God, we'd have still probably been there now. 
Do you want to do guess the lineup for the first leg of that uh, Champions League semi final 2006? Well, okay. Well, Layman in goal, naturally. Uh, the Flame left back. back. Yeah. That's uh, right. Senderos. Yeah. Senderos. God, he was. Um, yes. yeah. Abue and Colo yeah. Toure. That's it. That was the about four that got through all those games without That's conceding. Incredible. And Sol Campbell and Ashley Cole came back for the final. Yeah. Uh, midfield? Uh, Fabregas. Fabregas. It's a really, it's a hell of a midfield. Pleb. Uh, yeah. Perez. Perez. Robert Perez. And, and Gilberto Silva. Silva. Gilberto Silva is correct. Yeah. Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry. And then playing in a kind of, it was a little bit five-man midfield. Um, playing as a kind of number 10 role. Was it Perkin? I don't think Dennis played, did he? Was Dennis... It was Freddie Jungberg. Freddie. Freddie Jungberg in that that run played quite a lot of games centrally. Uh, he, He wanted to supplement midfield because Fabregas wasn't the physical powerhouse of... He replaced Patrick Vieira. Yeah. So that was, we started to go five across the middle. Henri wasn't really suited to being a sole striker, but he didn't do too badly. Uh, but he did more running, of course, and he said that he thought that was why he didn't get that second goal in the fa- in the final in Paris. Oh, oh, no. uh, but interestingly, uh, we brought on two Reyes. subs in the, eight- in the 80th minute. No, there's two subs oh. that came on, and this is- tells you something about where we were. Berg- Dennis yeah. Bergkamp Berg- and Robin Van oh. Persie. <laughs> God. Two, two, two footballers of the year. Wow. Two of the greatest our players of a you know of our modern history. So there that oh, was wow. the team and they had they had Raquel Me who was their famous yeah. player and also um Diego Forlan. Who and he missed the penalty, didn't he, Raquel Me? Raquel Me, yeah. He was a feeble pen. Oh it was, wasn't it? God that was a big put through the ringer, that was. But you know, if you go the right way, you might save it. <laughs> Alan Davis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he There you go. There you the go. philosopher Alan Davis. So, we are uh, on the cusp of uh we should definitely not this on the head. That's quite long enough. Uh we're on the cusp of a, of a European semi-final. It's exciting times at the Arsenal, a massive trophy on offer playing one of the Spanish giants. You must be thrilled to be an Arsenal fan at the moment. So. <laughs> Well, fingers uh, crossed, eh? Come on, fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, I hope so. I really, it would be great. It would be great to give them some confidence. Yeah. All right, gents. All the best. Let's yeah. get them. All right, see you later.